Hello? Hello? Is anybody out there? Welcome to All the Shit with Tom and Will. This This is the Quick Hit Weekly. Why, hello, Tom. What's up, Will? Welcome back to All the Shit with Tom and Will. This is the Quick Hit Weekly. Will and I just kind of chat about our highs and lows for the week. This is actually this is a, a follow-on from last week's episode. We didn't get to our wild card. So uh, the way we've kind of structured the podcast going forward, we are using this as a way to tee up the conversation. So each week we'll bring a high from the week, a low from the week, and then a wild card. And if we get tied up talking about highs and lows, we'll push if we have good content to the next week. So I don't want anyone to think that they're missing out on our great wild card. You just might not hear things in as timely a fashion, depending on when it comes out. You can just imagine that it was this week. How's that? Works for me, Tom. This one is time sensitive a little bit, but it's not going to make a difference. So my wild card is the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. 4th of July was just a couple weeks ago. And first of all, this is a, a high that I didn't talk about last week, but it ties to the 4th of July. My brother, Mike, just had... Uh, him and his wife Natalie just had their first baby. Oh wow! So Congrats she was to them. Born that is a on the Fourth of July major life-altering event, and that's a really cool birthday too. Yeah, the, honestly, if you're gonna have a birthday and a holiday, Fourth of July is the one. Yeah, you know, happy birthday, Lena Adele, and welcome to the world. Congratulations, Mike and Natalie. And uh, yeah, so that was that was the early early morning on the Fourth of July. I'm gonna back up a day from there. We took the Third of July and went kayaking with a handful of folks. Some, you know, my lifting buddy from the gym was going, and it was a couple people he worked with. So Anna and I went, got some kayaks, and we just went up to Buchanan and floated down the James, which was awesome. I mean, it was it was a beautiful day. There was not a lot of people because I think most people would do it on the Fourth. Right. Weather was great. We got to a point on the river where there was a a tree overhanging the river and a rope swing tied to it. Hell yeah, boy. Yeah. So this is also going to connect to the adventuring episode that we, we talked about, you know, people doing crazy shit for thrills. Right. And you might be thinking, well, it's a rope swing. No That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, (laughs) damn, Tom, you're old. Ooh, I went off a rope swing. (laughs) So I didn't go off a rope swing because I'm afraid of rope swings. And so, (laughs) So here's why, though, right? So my mother-in-law, I guess, geez, it's been a long time. It's been at least 10, 12 years. My mother-in-law went off a rope swing at the lake uh, in Indianapolis. They have, you know, they go out to the lake, they hang out there. She was swinging on a rope swing, and her finger got caught in the rope. So when she let go, it completely destroyed her finger. So she had to have uh, what they call a shotgun surgery, where they open it up, bend your finger all the way back, and repair all the tendons and ligaments in there, and then fold it back up and put it back together. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty gross. And so every time I see a rope swing, that's all I can think about. And so this, this rope had, it was a big, long rope with some knots in it, and then it had a string at the bottom. Because with the string, you get in the water, you grab the string yeah. and you swing the rope up, you know. Yeah. And so I watched someone go, and he got, like, that little string caught him and whipped him under the arm. He was fine. But it, it just reinforced him? to me, like, I'm not doing that thing. Yeah. So this tree was pretty much, it was like an angle like this. So it yeah. wasn't, like, a really steep grade. And there was some wooden planks nailed into it from whoever put the swing up. 
So we all pulled the kayaks over, and we had a couple kids with us. They were going up and jumping off, and some of the guys were swinging off the swing. And so they'd swing out over the river and drop in, you know, it was maybe a three, four foot fall at best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I was not really thinking about the depth of the river, which probably was four feet at best. That's it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty high for a river that when we haven't had a ton of rain, like three and a half to five feet is kind of the average for the, what river for the stretch was of the James. On? The James River. Oh, the James. Okay, I got you. See, we there's almost the exact same rope swing on the New River, which is where we usually kayak. But that beast is deep in spots. Like, yeah. deep. Yeah. You can't really tell because the river, like, you know, sometimes yeah. you're going over it and it's a couple inches of water and you're scraping the bottom with your kayak. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice and deep. But I'm looking at this thing and I had a couple drinks. So I was, you know, I wasn't popped by any means, but... I was loose and having a good time. River and life. <laughs> so I watched them climbing up halfway up this tree, and they're, like, clinging onto it like, you know, scared little bears that were afraid of falling in the water. Says the guy and who was not about to go on it at all. Exactly. So what I did was I climbed up past the steps into the canopy of the tree and just straight jumped. So while these guys are swinging off this thing and getting, you know, three feet, four feet worth of drop, I climbed up to where I'm jumping from ten feet. At Into least. three or four feet of water. Yes, which I hadn't thought about at the time. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> okay. So I'm up there, and everyone's like, don't do it, man. Don't do it. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it. And so <laughs> so I, I'm looking over. I looked at Anna. She didn't come ashore. She was sitting out there in her boat just watching me like, don't do it. Don't do it. And I was like, oh, now I have to it's do it. It's too late. I have to now. I have to. I can't back down because that's the macho man in me, right? <laughs> Risk taker. Adventure boy. And so <laughs> I jumped. And I, I did make sure that I didn't go, like, straight stick, straight into the water. Right. So I wanted to make sure. I, I thought about, all right, I'll probably have, you know, three or four feet of water. I didn't know because I didn't check, which was the yeah. dumb thing. Yeah. I should have at least checked the depth. Yeah. I, I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to do a cannonball-ish and then just spread my arms and legs out when I hit the water and I'll be okay. Oh. So I hit the water, I spread out, and I came all the way down and my back just kissed the bottom of the river. Yeah. So it was perfect, but I got a full enema from, from landing in there from that height. It didn't even hit me. I went and did it again, and the second time I clinched my butt and got into what my dad calls the sit-down, which is basically just like you jump and then you get into a position like you're in a lazy boy, semi-reclined. So your butt hits first, but your body kind of goes like that, and right. you create a huge splash. Yeah. So that was my goal, because my buddy Eric was floating by in his kayak, and I told him, come on over a little closer. I jumped right next to him and just absolutely got blasted him. him. Got him. So that time, you know, I got a, it felt like I got smacked on my butt, but it didn't hurt. Yeah. But the same thing, just kind of kissed the bottom. And it wasn't until after that I was thinking, man, there could have been a rock that I hit my head on. There could have been any number of things that had gone stick wrong. stick that could have impaled you? Yeah, so much stuff, man. And I am just grateful to have gotten out of that, you know, in good shape. I just trusted, oh, there's a rope swing. Everything must be good. It must be deep, all those things. Yeah. But, you know, it was set to jump from two or three feet versus the 10-foot jump that I took. So yeah. uh, that was kind of a wild card. Then that evening, we got back. My brother and his wife and, and their two girls came over, and we launched off a bunch of fireworks that mm -hmm. I'd got in South Carolina when, when Tyler and I were driving back from our trade show in Savannah. My niece, she's, I think she's nine, nine or 10. She looked at me and she's like, aren't fireworks illegal? <laughs> and my brother looked at me like, aren't they? 
<laughs> I said, yeah, but it's the 4th of July. The 4th of July is about celebrating rebellion. <laughs> and, so, oh. and then he goes, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, so we were in the clear on that, and she was, she was cleared up with the, the legality issue. Yeah. Um, so we shot off some fireworks, half of them were duds, which was kind of a bummer. But, you know, the whole day, and this is the wild card part of it, it kind of got me thinking about America, our history, and really the death of the American dream. Mm-hmm. You know, what What I mean by that, and I've been thinking about this for a while, and a lot of things will kind of hit that I think, oh, yeah, it's another sign, right? The American dream is you can make it, anybody can make it, get your house, get your family, a white picket fence, two kids and two cars, all these things. And it seems that it's getting harder and harder to achieve that for the average person. And one of the ways I, that I think it's most clear is in family dynamics, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, my brother, Andy, is starting a micro farm. He, he has started, he's a very successful micro farm. Yeah. And so he works a full-time job. Hang on, hang work- on. Sh- shout out to Redfern Farm. Redfern Farm VA, baby. Redfern Farm VA, as in Virginia. Go check them out. Yes, they just actually had a a mini documentary made about their farm, and it is gorgeous. So if you want to check it out, see what he's about, Redfern Farm VA, worth checking out. Very, very cool story. Where do we find him? He's on he's on Insta. Where, where else uh, is there a web address or something? Red Firm Farm VA is is the website. Uh, his Instagram's linked off of that. He is it a dot com? Of, yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Red Firm Farm VA dot com, and you know if if you're into farming at all and you want to learn even if just basic gardening stuff at your house he started he's got three acres of land he started on less than an acre and is now they've spread it out a little bit but he does a lot of tutorials and stuff like that so well worth a follow it's very cool i have mad respect for anybody that's trying to grow real food real livestock most of the food we have access to is garbage you know, uh, it's just crazy how bad the the poor the or excuse me the the meat and the produce is and how low quality it is and you know how uh, how just toxic it is from pesticides and chemicals and you know how hard it is for the average person to get access to clean, healthy, you know, unadulterated food. So sometimes you got to grow your own. Mad respect, yeah. Andy. You know, he does that, but he has a full-time job on the side. So he's doing all of this farm, maintaining this entire farm in the morning before he goes to work, in the evening when he gets home from work, while also trying to balance having two girls, you know, under 10 at home. His wife works full-time in healthcare, so she works long, long hours. She runs the flower side. They do wildflowers, and she runs that side. So they are extremely, extremely busy, and his goal is to be able to farm full-time and really scale this thing. And they're weighing, you know, how do we manage childcare? How do we manage time to take the girls to do these things and make enough money to support ourselves and all these things? And it's just, you know, I watch how hard he works. I, I've never worked that hard in my life for anything. I'm just, I'm not, I don't have the drive to do that. Right. As a, you know, if I'm not, if it's not, my life isn't dependent on it, I'm not going to work that hard. Right. And so even people who are working that hard, are struggling to answer those questions, right? And they both have decent jobs. You know, same thing with my colleague Tyler. You know, his wife just accepted a job to go part-time so that she can be home with their girls more mm-hmm. when she's in healthcare also. But now they're also trying to do the math and figure out, all right, well, how much, where do we have to cut to be able to just make ends meet? And they're both in well-paying, what we would consider well-paying jobs. They don't live glamorously by any stretch. And so it just makes me think about, you know, these are the people in my life that I know 
anybody that's, you know, the bulk, I would say 60% or more of Americans are much less well off than we are. Yeah. How do they make that work? And at what point do you just say the American dream is dead? Because there's no way that you can feasibly do it, especially with housing prices the way they are. And I don't know, man, that to me is a, a worrying trend that I don't have a solution for. But I see it, and I think that is driving a lot of the issues in the country today that, that we're butting heads over. You know, that's one issue that I don't think a lot of people look at and realize that might be part of the core of why we're fighting over table scraps and smaller issues, when that really seems to be, to me, what you know, the real driver behind that is. Right. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right there. The middle class is disappearing and it's not because everybody's getting rich, right? And and it is crazy. If you if you went back two, three decades, right? Me, my role, my situation would be dramatically different. Dramatically different. Because I you know, I'm not I don't have a minimum wage job, an entry level job by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, a single income household, we're having to deal with all those same things, right? And there are certain things we are not willing to make concessions on, right? The quality of education and care for our children is one of them. And that's why when my daughter was born, my wife did not go back to work after she was born because we were not, first off, we didn't feel it was appropriate to have a child and then to shuttle them off immediately for someone else to, to raise them. Now, I am not pointing fingers or, or you know saying anything negative towards anybody that has to do that. You know, right. I'm sure a lot of people that do it don't want to, but it's the reality. And so I understand. That's Excuse a luxury me. that you guys were able to choose. Right. And but it, we, we had to make a lot of sacrifices to do that, yeah. you know. And then when it's time for her to go to school, we didn't want her to go to the public schools around here. Again, another thing I know, some people don't have a choice, you know. And so uh, we ended up putting her in like a private, it's like a hybrid private homeschool with an amazing curriculum. You know, the, the teachers genuinely care. They care about the students uh, and their development. And, and the kids are learning how to learn. You know, and, and so, again, another sacrifice, right? Uh, we haven't been able to get out of our starter home because of these sacrifices. We haven't been able to get, you know, new or more reliable vehicles because of these sacrifices. But at the end of the day, if that's what we have to do, that's a decision that we made. But not everybody can make that decision. And it's rough and the struggle's real and it's stressful, you know. And so I, I understand completely and my heart goes out to everybody that has to make that decision because I understand, you know, how you don't enter that conversation or make those decisions lightly by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. People always talk about going back to the good old days, whether it's the 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever generation you are, it kind of varies. Mm -hmm. But in any case, you know, your situation where you've got a job, your wife stays at home with the kids, you have a all this stuff, that was pretty much the baseline. You didn't have right. to have a lot of money to have those things, and most right. people did have those things. Mm -hmm. And now it's becoming a rarity, and that is what is most concerning. More and more is being taken from the lower and middle classes. You know, it's just the way that capitalism has, you know, we've built this machine that feeds money up. And I'm not knocking capitalism, but I think it's just progressively it's like the, you know, small trickle that eventually, you know, you wake up 10 years later and you've got a canyon in your yard if you mm -hmm. haven't managed your water mitigation well. It's the same kind of thing. We haven't really clearly seen it happening, but it's happened. And we're at this point where we have this canyon. And now how do we fix it? How, you know, how do we 
get people back to the point where they feel like I can do a job that fulfills me. I don't have to work four jobs, three jobs, whatever it is to, to make ends meet. I can do a job, take care of my family, feed my family, house my family, and I might not be wealthy. I might not have everything that I want. I might not have the newest phone, the newest car, whatever, but I can get by. And I think if we got to that point, so much more of the stress and anxiety and anger that results in this country would be, you know, mitigated dramatically. I think we'd be in a much better place. I don't know the answer to do that. I don't think the Republicans do. I don't think the Democrats do. I don't think it is a, something that we can fix politically. I think it's something that we have to start doing from a grassroots and local level. But man, to try and start something like that, I wouldn't know where to begin. No, well, I mean, part of the problem, too, is just the U.S. economy in general, you know, and, and salaries do not keep up with inflation. So if you just looked at one one point, you know, sim as simple as that is, right, you know, and I'm not an economist or, or anything like that, but salaries do not keep up with inflation, you know, unless you're in the in the upper, you know, 1% or whatever, you know, and so it just keeps getting further away and it keeps getting harder and harder. And, you know, we print more money and it's worth less and less the more we do that, you know, and so it's, it's a systemic issue. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, personally, I don't see anything changing unless something dramatic changes, but we're probably talking worldwide conflict at that point. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean for my wild card to kind of be a downer, but I just wanted to kind of share <laughs> what's been on my mind. And, and the 4th of July kind of really catalyzed that because it is kind of the time when we think about America and our origin story as glamorous as we make it out to be now. And it's just a, it's a reminder of in many ways how far we've come, but also in many ways how far we've fallen. Mm. And it's, yeah. So I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on that as we as we go. And if anyone has any thoughts on that, you know, love to see him in the comments and let us know where you are with that. You know, if you want to come on here and share that with us, let us know. So, man, Tom, you're such a such a deep thinker. You know, I'm always thinking like, yeah. get money, get swole, get money, get swole, get money, get swole. Yeah, well, you got a lot of time to think when you're sitting on a river floating for three hours. So true. Very these true. Are, these are the things that I ruminate on. Oh man. Good, good stuff. Well, let me throw my wild card out there. I don't think it's going to be as bring as, it, buddy. as, as bring good, it. but so wild card also over the long 4th of July weekend. I am a hard ass, bro. I went hiking with 104 fever. Wild card. Why? <laughs> Because I didn't know I had 104 fever. Until it was I took just hot it. outside and you figured that was it? Well, I mean, I know I didn't feel good. I thought I had a low-grade fever, but I had sat inside sick almost the entire long weekend. And we had all these plans to do awesome things, you know, and I felt bad for the kids and Caitlin. And, you know, I was tired of just sitting out and I'm like, let's let's go do it. Let's go do it. I felt all right in the morning. By the time we got there, I wasn't feeling that hot, but... I'm like, let's let's go. We're here, you know. Where did you guys out. go? Uh, there's a place down the road from us. It's like a, um, I think it's it's owned by a Methodist church, and there's a couple mile trail that ends in a waterfall. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. been there. Okay, so you're familiar with that. So I think you so. can, yeah, yeah. You can kind of, um, you can hike the whole thing, or you can walk about half of it it's essentially a stroll through the woods up until yeah. you get to the actual hike and the creek crossings and stuff and so i said let's just go we'll go for a hike hike or a stroll through the woods with the kids have a picnic you know and just do something fun you know touch some grass so to speak and we went and did that and after i don't know it must have been an hour or two i was like we got to pack it up i'm i'm feeling rough 
you know, and so we get we get back in the car and um, I took my temperature. We have one of the forehead scanners. And I was like, eh, 104, baby. <laughs> okay, well, do you think part of that was that you had just exerted yourself as well and maybe everyone was a little above baseline? No, because I'd been trending in that direction anyways over the past several days. So I, I, like, that was not like, went for a hike, sat down, took my temperature, cooled off, set in air conditioning, took my temperature, 104. Dang, man. Yeah. You should have just laid in that creek while you're out there. I know, right? You know what's wild, though? Like, because that was before I went to the doctor this time. And so I was describing some of the different, and he's like, you mean 100.4? I'm like, no, 104. That's high. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's why I'm you know, here. He's like sweating, <laughs> uh, shivering, you know, aches. I'm like, yeah, check, check, check. He's like, most people think about going to the hospital at that point. I'm like, what am I going to go to the hospital for? It, my fever's been responsive all week to, you know, Tylenol or ibuprofen. I'm going to take medicine, go in. They're going to say, what have you done? Take medicine. I'm going to leave because they can't do anything else for me because I've got a fever, you know, put an ice pack on me or something. And they're going to charge me 800 bucks. Yep. So that was that was just completely random. Uh, did not know I had 104 degree temperature when I went on the hike, but was on a hike with 104 degree temperature. Dang, man. Yeah, that is that's I mean, you call it hard ass. You call it stupid. Well, um, it's not stupid if you don't know about it. <laughs> I'm just built different, Tom. Yeah, I guess so, buddy. I guess so. <laughs> that little pea brain of yours isn't operating on full full throttle. Yeah. Hey, at least you got out and enjoyed the weekend a little bit, so that was good. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys go do anything uh, downtown for fireworks or anything like that? No, I mean, my son's only two, so it's hard. My wife was going to take my daughter that night, but she was acting a fool, uh, not listening, throwing tantrums, and so she lost that. So we didn't end up seeing, you know, fireworks or anything. We had a few small things we did here, but that was it. We did go to, what day was that? One day there was a festival downtown Christiansburg that we went to and just kind of walked around for a little bit. But nothing, it was was pretty low-key. You know, our plan was mostly like, cookout hike hike cookout type thing that's what we like to do when we can nice buddy well yeah man i'm glad we're all here uh in one piece mm-hmm. no firework incidents no yes. did i send you that instagram reel i don't know was if it, i did was it the one that like was this is so america uh i don't know tell me about that one so there's like this crowd of people they're sitting around they're clearly in a driveway there's a car off to the right um, you see like a, a box, somebody goes over to the box, takes a firework out, sets it down, uh, or, or it's like a bottle rocket or something, and it doesn't go out of the ground, it's stuck, and it explodes and sends, uh, sends sparks everywhere. And then one of the sparks, this is like a doorbell camera or something, one of the sparks ignites the box of, uh, of freaking fireworks. And like, there's this kid in a kid chair, you know, the mother runs up, grabs it. People are running everywhere. This entire box erupts. Well, it looked like a freaking war zone, dude. It was insane. Yeah. No, that's not the one I was talking about. I'm sure the car was thrashed. People probably got burnt, like not severely burnt because everybody was bailing, but it was a, a, a major faux pas. Oh man! No, the one I'm talking about is—I is, don't know if it's, it is worse. So it's in a more urban setting, and someone in, in an apartment complex had set up like a small pipe or bottle or something. They were launching fireworks off of their right. porch, and this firework takes off, and, and it's like oh, and goes into an apartment across the way and explodes in someone's apartment. 
I saw and, that. I think it. I think it was like an office building or something almost that it went into. But it, it was I think completely that, dark, so hopefully it wasn't like a, a residence. Yeah, but, I think that might not be real. What What's your I thought think it's on real. that? I don't think it was in the United States because oh, I don't okay. think it, it, like it, it looked the like density a, didn't it didn't look like an American city, right? Like a South or Central uh, American city. Yes, or Middle East, maybe I don't know, but yeah, yeah. it didn't look like an American city. But still, yeah, it had like, kind of like a Latin America um look i thought to it but either way i'm not convinced to the authenticity of that video oh i i mean i guess you think, you it, could... you think it's real i think it's real yeah i ai is so good now these days it's so hard to tell yeah but i feel i don't know if you did ai it would have been so the thing that made it seem real to me was that you saw the flash and then you heard the bang after Mm-hmm. So it had the the time the sound. It would take the sound to travel. Yeah, which like if you were gonna make that, you would make it boom and all be at once. Yeah. So unless you were really thinking about, hmm, how do I make this as real as possible? I have to make sure that the timing of the sound and the flash yeah. is different. Like there, that was the big thing for I me. I keep going back and forth. I'm like, it is, it isn't. It either way, it's a crazy video. Yeah, yeah. So glad glad we all made it through the fourth unscathed. Yes. And uh, thanks for sharing your wild card. I'm glad you're feeling a little better. I'll be interested to hear when you get more blood work back, kind of uh, what the trajectory seems to be yeah. going forward for you. TBD. All right, buddy. Well, until next week, this <laughs> has been the Quick Hit Weekly, and we will we'll catch you next week, same time. All Take right, care, Tom. Will. See you, man. <laughs>